to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Indeed, it is the dawn of a new era here on the Steve Day Show podcast, powered by CRTV. Our benevolent overlords at CRTV have saw fit to take our podcast back to the masses. We were at a few million downloads before we joined CRTV, and this went behind the paywall. And a lot of you were like, hey, I missed that. Well, it's back beginning right now. So those of you that, because we're all getting nickel and dime to death, I understand that. You, you didn't have the shekels quite yet to pony up for what I think is a very worthwhile CRTV subscription. I have to subscribe to it like everybody else. They don't even The employees don't get their shows for free. We're all subscribers, too. So I get it, though. You know, we are all getting nickel and dime to death, 20 bucks here, 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there. I get that. So for those of you that just didn't have another vein to open uh, for uh, for another nickel and dime or another subscription to donate to, and you've missed us since we went away back in February, it has been six months now. Your long national nightmare is over. We are reunited, and it feels so good. So for those of you that are picking us up again for the first time in many a moon on, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, welcome back. Here's how you can let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And tell your fellow patriot around the country, hey, the podcast is back and it's for the public again. So share that uh, link for us with uh, everyone you know as well. If we're going to make this free, then let's get it out there to as many people as we possibly can, right? Now, one of the things, if you're new to the podcast, that you missed was a show we did a couple of months ago we actually got a lot of reaction to with uh, a couple of guys called the Worldview Guys. And their specialty is biblical worldview stuff. And in other words, if you're a believer, how do we do what we believe? What does that look like? First of all, do we have the right beliefs? And then do we have the, 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 the right behavior accordingly that follows up with that belief? That's how we define integrity, actually, on our show, is right belief with right behavior. That's how we define integrity on the show. So how do we get there? What does that look like in a culture where right now everyone is wise in his own eyes? Well, we're bringing back one of the worldview guys, Mark, the worldview guy is here with us today because a lot of kids are now beginning to go back to school or you're getting ready to send the kids back to school. And and that means um, for a lot of us, the daily fight at the kitchen table over dinner where those progressive centers of indoctrination we're all subsidizing attempt to undo the values that we have spent as parents a lot of time trying to instill in our children. So how do we fight that fight without exasperating our kids and turning them off at the exact same time? That's what I wanted to talk to Mark, the worldview guy, about today. And it's good to have you back, Mark. How are you, brother? Hey, great to be with you, Steve. So, Mark, this is... 
it's it's a day, you know. Now we homeschool at my house, so we, we don't really You're have one of those. <laughs> well, yes, we are. We are part of that uh, little uh, clique. You bet. But that means we don't really have the you know the the passive aggressive feelings a lot of other parents have today. Where on one hand you're like, you know, it'd be nice to get a break. On the other hand, you're like, oh no what do I have to download and, and reprogram when they get home from school today, right? So it's kind of a it's kind of a mixed blessing for a lot of families that send their kids to a conventional school today. Sure. I, I'm sure you hear from parents around the country, how do we do this? How do we, how do we, let's say we get it right at our church, we get it right in our youth ministry, and, you know, we're back, we're, we're back showing our kids the narrow road, but we're going to put them on that broad path when we send them back to school. How do we navigate that, Mark? <laughs> you know, it can be tricky sometimes, Steve. Um, you know, I'm just one half of the worldview, guys. Uh, James couldn't be here with us today. That's because he is in Mosul, Iraq, on a diplomatic mission. And, you know, he's in army fatigues right now. And I kind of feel like I got the short end of this stick talking about education. Because this uh, this is a heated heated issue. And um, yeah, people have opinions on it. Christians have opinions on it. The Bible has opinions on it. And you know what? Sometimes all of those opinions don't exactly match. Whenever there's a conflict, whenever people aren't exactly sure how to deal with an issue, I like to go back and I like to look at definitions. And I think it was Oswald Chambers who said that education, you know, it's it's not about public or private school. It's not about common core, whatever. There's one central idea in education. Here's what Oswald Chambers said. He said, an educated person knows what to do, whatever situation he's put into. So when we're talking about education, we're talking about imparting the act of giving someone else a worldview. Wherever they go, whatever they do, they're going to parse their their surroundings through this education that you've given them. And um, so, so sometimes education can be in conflict. And that's, I think, what you're getting at, that the education that we're, you're getting, your children are getting at home and at church may be slightly different than that education they're getting in public school. And that's where the conflict lies. Before we get into the ideological aspect of that conflict, because I, I think we cover a lot of these this ideological territory on our podcast on a daily basis in various mm-hmm. other venues, Mark. So I want to so I want to make sure in the time we have we we actually go to the the application part and relationship part of this uh, f- first and foremost, because I think one of the things that's hard for us as parents is to be diligent without being exasperating it, right and and, and i have yeah. and, and, and i think it, and i don't think there's a i don't think there's a there's a there is a uniform line here because some of it is the personality of the parent and the personality of the kids i look at my own home for example sure. you know my wife and i've gone have gone to homeschool conferences every year and early on we were like we got to buy like every vody bacham book and do every dinner time you know devotional and all that and that's great stuff i'm not panning it but but I realized early on with our kids, because of the personality I have, the, mm-hmm. the dominant personality I have, because this is what dad does for a living. And so even the how did your day go conversation is about this. There's never really a part of our family where the kids have a Sabbath away from this. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. And so I had I realized that if I add the, these intentional mechanisms 
on top of all the other stuff they unintentionally have to put up with with me as a dad, I'm going to risk pushing them away. You know what I'm so sure. but 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 you know other families, they do need to be more intentional about incorporating that stuff into their daily lives and frameworks, right? There's not really a uniform answer here because human relationships aren't uniform, Mark. <laughs> that is and that's why sometimes when we're looking at education from the top down, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, each family you know, let's look at it this way, Steve. What's what's the Great Commission? We're told to go and make disciples. What's a disciple? It's someone you teach to live just like you. Isn't that isn't that parenting in a nutshell? Hmm. Isn't that Christianity in a nutshell? You know, at the Worldview guys, we like to say this thing, and I think it makes a whole lot of sense. Education equals discipleship. It's exactly the same thing. If you know how to disciple someone, if you know how to take them through the Bible and and, and, and show them what you know about God, then honestly, education, reading, writing, arithmetic, that's actually easier <laughs> than the other. So I don't think it's something that should intimidate parents because they already have what they need to educate their kids. That's, that's why they had kids in the first place. Hmm. What's a common mistake we as parents make in this area? I think the biggest issue when we look at education is, well, I, I, let, let me put it this way, there are no neutral facts. Hmm. There's sometimes we think that, you know, we're gonna have our Bible class now, and then we're gonna have science, and then we're gonna have math, and then we're gonna have English, and somehow those things are distinct and separate. But if we believe truly that you know God is the creator of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, then I don't know how that belief could not apply to every other thing. You know, the way you get an atheistic education, Steve, it's not by, you know, like, like let's take the Soviet Union where, where it was being crammed down kids' throats that, that God does not exist and there is no spirit. It, it doesn't take that kind of outright atheism to have a functionally atheistic curriculum. Mm -hmm. To have a functionally atheistic curriculum, all you have to do is just ignore God. Just pretend he's not there. Just pretend he's not involved in whatever you're doing and whatever you're learning. See, when I was in ninth grade, I was just, I loved this whole idea of, of like quantum physics and cosmology. I thought it was really, really cool. And I read this book about the search for the theory of everything. And this is kind of like the holy grail of science, this mm -hmm. one overarching theory that makes every other thing make sense. And so like scientists are looking for this because they know if you've got this big picture, it makes the details make sense. So if we have a theory of everything, it's not a theory, it's a reality, it's a person named Jesus Christ. If there is, if there is a God and he is involved in everything, then all the details make more sense when God is part of it. The biggest mistake a parent can make when they're educating their child is to teach them that there's this difference between the sacred and the secular, that there are things that are neutral where your morality does not matter. At the end of the day, God wants to be involved in every bit of your life, whether it's your math homework or, or, or what you do on Sunday. 
that what you just said is so important. Uh, first of all, what you just defined, as Mark, the worldview guy should, you just defined a fully integrated worldview, right? But here's why this is so important. The other side, and when I mean the other side, I'm not talking conservatives, liberals, that's a different conversation. We're having a, a meta-narrative, cultural conversation now that sort of transcends the political uh, or, or you know, even racial or ethnic uh, other debates and distinctions we have in our, in, our, in our society in this day and age. It's the old James Dobson line. There's only two worldviews, God is or he ain't. Okay, mm-hmm. those are the only two. And and within the, the God ain't worldview, there's all kinds of isms and factions, and a lot of them clash and don't get along. But the one thing they always are doing is uh, worldview, fully integrated worldview indoctrination. I'll give you an example, just as you were talking. You know, because I'm, you know, I, I have to multitask. So while, while I'm listening to what you're having to say, I'm checking Twitter, my email. I see a tweet from a leftist progressive pointing out the same scientists who told us we were going to have a solar eclipse today are the ones telling us that global warming is real. Now, those things have literally nothing in common. Two totally different branches of science. They're, they're, I mean, it's a little bit like saying, hey, Burger King makes a great Whopper, so I know they'll be great at spaghetti because they cook. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Not at all. But, but we laugh at it, but what that progressive is exhibiting is a fully integrated worldview. 100%. He, he, is, not, he is not drawing any sort of, uh, you know, I'm going to leave that out. I'm not going to. Uh, he's infusing the fullness of his beliefs into Everything he sees in the world, his place in it, and how he interprets those consequences as a result. This is something that does not go on quite often in the church. We are the compartmentalizers. The pagans are the ones that integrate their values and their convictions. Absolutely. You know, I was thinking about the eclipse earlier today because I'm kind of a, a nerd in, in that regard. Uh, and uh, I was thinking about Proverbs, uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, where it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, it doesn't say that if you don't fear the Lord, you know absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, it says if you want to know where wisdom starts, if you want to know the why more than just the how, you have to start with God. See, every scientist, every self-respecting scientist on the planet can tell us can tell us how, can tell us what's going to happen in the sky today. But can they tell us why? Mm-hmm. I can tell you why. <laughs> Not me. The scriptures can tell you why. A Christian worldview can tell you why. And I and uh, and there's a huge, huge, huge distinction there. I think as Christians, we have something incredibly powerful in that we can answer that itching question of why are these things? Not just how are these things, but why? And that gives us a one-up, whether we're talking about education or politics or economics or, or, or just or just making breakfast in the morning. Our life has meaning and purpose. We know why. Mark, the worldview guy is here with us on the Steve Day Show podcast here on CRTV. Mark, uh, before we go on, people want to follow up and learn more about the work you guys do there at the Worldview Guys. How can they do that? Absolutely. Uh, well, we have something that I think your listeners will love. It's at worldviewcourse.com. And uh, my uh, my partner in crime, James Gilbert, and I, we have a 13-part a series on all these things we've been talking about. So check it out, worldviewcourse.com. Worldviewcourse.com. Mark, how much, 
how much of this process of shepherding shepherding our kids through this educational process how much of it is purely relational for us as parents how much of it is just being there (laughs) that's quite the question um I, you know, it's the most overquoted church father ever, but I think Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel and, and sometimes use words. You know, uh, there is, uh, if we're defining education as just discipleship, a whole lot of it is just is just being there as a parent and understanding uh, your your child. Um, it, that's, that's absolutely huge. Um, one thing that I think about is, you know, who, how does a child learn how to speak? Um, they learn that from their parents. They learn that really by being around their parents, by by being around people who who speak the same language. And um, I, I'm just the biggest nerd, Steve. And 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 the the first thing that came to my mind on this subject was a quote by a guy named Isocrates. This isn't Socrates. This is Isocrates. There's mm-hmm. an there's an iota at the beginning. And he was talking about what makes a Greek a Greek. And this was back in the you know classical Athens that kind of day. And he said, it's not based on where you're born. It's based on how you're educated. <laughs> and, and, and to a Greek, a barbarian was someone who didn't speak Greek, who didn't speak the same language. And I think simply... Um, that's really what education is. It's speaking the same language. It's putting value on the same things. And, and that's what parents, that's what parents do simply by knowing your child and being with them, knowing what they love, knowing what their passions and desires are that can enable you to be ultimately a better educator for your child. Because of course, there are certain things they need to know by the time they're 18. But uh, but many of those things, I think, can be done uh, maybe implicitly a little more than explicitly. But they, that relationship, that being there has got to start before the the ideological conflict between what you're teaching them and what the school is teaching them begins, right? You, you've got to build that credibility into the bank account. They, they've, it, got, they've got yeah. to believe that you have their best interest at heart, that, that you are a sincere individual, that you're not trying to make them exactly like you or impose your will on them, but that there is an authenticity there. If you don't establish that early on, then you're going to lose that, that, that wrestling contest, aren't you? One hundred percent, and I think it's that desire for authenticity uh, that that is that is so huge, especially with with people my age, Steve. You know, I I just turned a thirty, and uh, that, that that's something I hear a lot. You know, that people they they just stop, want to stop being messaged to, and just being told the truth. And if your child knows that that you're just being honest and you're telling them the truth, and you have their best intentions in mind. I think that's saying a lot. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, there's there's something inherent in education that it says the way you see the world before you're educated, it's incomplete. It's not there yet. And so as as a as a parent, as a teacher, you're asking you're asking a student to ultimately change what they believe. Uh, it's changed even what they've perceived. And that is based on trust, not just 
facts and 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 rules and and and, and things learned by rote. So I think um, if if you're t- if you can develop that trust with your children well before uh, their first day of kindergarten, you're going to be doing well and ahead of the game. All right, before we close this out, Mark, give us one or two. Absolute do's and don'ts where this where this topic is concerned with education. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, that that is a big one. <laughs> you should not. Uh, let's go back to what we were talking about before. Do not ever divide education into sacred and secular categories. Make sure your faith is involved somehow, some way in everything you teach. And not just involved, it's where you start. So so don't separate the two. Instead, what you should do is you could should combine them. Um, also, don't ever feel like you're alone and isolated or out of your league doing this. Uh, the job of raising children, that is what God made parents to do. And so you should be able to, uh, th- there is there is grace for you as a parent to do this. Don't feel alone. There are resources, there are people you can talk to to get answers to your questions and, and, and all of those type of things. Mark, the worldview guy. Mark, one more time, give our audience information, how they can follow up with the with the stuff you guys do around the country. Sure. Check us out on a worldviewcourse.com uh, or worldviewguys.com. Either one will take you to the same place. And, uh, and you can check out our uh, 13-part series uh, on politics, economics, education, religion, society, all that good stuff. It's actually a great thing that you can do uh, with your family, and uh, it'll help uh, keep worldview straight even in the middle of uh, middle school, high school, elementary school, and all those things. So worldviewcourse.com and worldviewguys.com are the two websites, right? Yep. We will definitely do this again, brother. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today, okay? Thanks so much, Steve. All right, let's get some uh, reaction to what we just heard from Mark. Todd, I'll start with you. No, we homeschool. You guys send your kids to private school, correct? At the at the beginning, yes. Okay. So as you listen to the conversation we had here today with Mark, and and this intersection of, as, uh, where uh, of trying to instill a value system at home, that is not going to necessarily be reinforced, um, if you send them to a government school while they're there for the re- the other eight hours of the day, your thoughts were what? Well, we chose uh, one of the reasons we chose uh, to start off in uh, parochial school we didn't know how long we'd be there it turns out our kids jump over in uh, fourth grade but we did not want to be fighting that battle between sacred and profane and even in a catholic school you do sometimes fight it there uh, too uh, and increasingly in catholic schools it gets watered down year after year not oh not all of them but in many of them it it, it grows uh more secular so we didn't we wanted our children to grow up expecting that the the, the sacred was going to be part of every conversation and we think we uh, achieved that because we have really uh good conversations about uh what's going on with the ones who are now in public school and we chose our public school accordingly to minimize the potential uh for those battles so so far, I'm happy with what's going on. As far as teaching them, I uh, here's the lens that I look through on this. When I die, 
I want them to think of, and if somebody asks my children, why was Jesus important to your dad? That, that, the answer to that is going to tell everybody everything about what kind of job I did. It, because if it's just, well, you know, uh, he sent me to Catholic school, he, you know, made me read some textbooks every once in a while, you know, that, that's not going to be good enough. It, mm-hmm. it, it's, they're going to have to see that in my life. It was the epicenter of how I thought, behaved, thought. And that's why I try to make our conversations about God as organic as possible. I never know necessarily from day to day when when we're going to be talking about it, if at all. But there's there's all kinds of moments. And increasingly, I'm really proud of my two oldest girls because, and you've said the same about your oldest kids, the questions they start asking, the behaviors they choose to or not to engage in, so far, so good. But in terms of the world, we're giving them off to Steve, man. I, I, I think every day I'm, I am close to doing good enough. So as a homeschooled kid listening to this conversation, Aaron, your perspective. I was going to go actually right where, where Todd went, that um, you know, I, I'm thankful for my, my parents um, who, who uh, gave me a, an opportunity to be homeschooled for my entire life and who um, exemplified, not perfectly because no human is, but exemplified to the best of their ability um, what, what um, right belief and right behavior looks like in our home. And that's, that's exactly where I was going with that. Because if you are, uh, it's one thing to give your, your children the best um, opportunity to uh, study and have the knowledge of what they believe. It's another thing entirely to actually act that out, to actually uh, behave the way that you know or that you um, espouse with your beliefs. Because it's um, that I think that's 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 the major problem. I think first of all, I think the first problem is that parents don't even know what they believe, and so when they send their kids off to college, whether it's Christian, uh, whether it's a Christian university or whether it's a public university, and kids will inevitably have their uh, preconceived notions and beliefs challenged. They come back home to mom and dad. And mom and dad don't really know what to tell them. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, and that's going to end up the way I think you would you would think that situation would end up. Um, so that's that's one thing. Actually, knowing what you believe and being able to answer those qu- tough questions that your kids w- will will have, but then to take it to a, the next level and actually model that for them day in and day out throughout their entire lives, especially when they're teenagers and they're starting to think that mom and dad aren't so cool anymore. That's that's really where you can have the most impact. I was not to not to belabor the point here, but I was just talking with my brother last night and he's in the Air Force. And he said something that I thought was really, really cool. He's planning on being in the Air Force for the rest of his career. Um, He's going to be in there for another 10 years or so. And he says he's already making plans for what he's going to say in his retirement speech. He says that what he's going to what he's going to say is his biggest accomplishment in his career had nothing to do with the Air Force. He's going to say that the biggest accomplishment in his career are the two little boys that he's had Hmm. and that his Air Force, his work, his entire um, life mission is to provide for Sarah, his wife, to watch after those little boys. And he said that that is the biggest impact that I can have on this country, on the society. Those are my biggest accomplishments. 
that's the same kind type of I think attitude. Not to not to say my brother is, is just uh, this great uh, example to follow. He's he's a great guy, um, but I, I think that's that's the type of attitude that we need to have uh, when parenting. Of course, that's easy for me to say. I don't have kids, but uh, that's I thought that was that was pretty cool. Well, as someone who's on the other end of the equation you just described, and. Originally did not set out to raise kids in a Christian home, but actually got converted after we had children. Um, a, a couple of things I've learned the hard way doing this. Number one is you got to be real with your kids. Yep. I mean, the sanctification process is a lifelong one to begin with, but especially in Anna's case, who's the oldest, who's been there throughout my entire faith journey, um, all of my kids at some at some point saw their old man at a very nascent stage of his own sanctification process. Okay, so that means you've got to be authentic about when you screw up, when you fall short, when you don't live up to the standard that you are proclaiming, and it will happen. You need to be honest about that. You can't be defensive. You got to own it. You got to admit, I sinned. I fell short of that mark. At times, I've even asked my when I've done it. At times, I've even asked my own kids for forgiveness. They they need to know that the standard is not dad or mom, but the standard is God, and you are a broken sinner like them attempting to live up to that standard, because they will. And all my kids now. I have one teenager, one who thinks she's one, but it is about there, and one that you know is starting to kind of feel his uh, you know masculinity a little bit. So little by little, I am getting less cool and less smart on a daily basis. And I had to establish with them early on that premise for when this moment arrived, that they would soon realize, oh man, my dad's got feet of clay like I do. My, my dad doesn't change clothes in a phone booth. He is not the last son of Krypton. He may not be able to beat up everybody else's dad. Know what I mean? Yeah. He is a guy named Steve. You know, so I, I, had, I, I had, had to instill that honesty there from the beginning so that I would still have integrity with them later on when they were old enough to realize the truth of all the statements I just gave. That, that would be the first one. The second one is I had a family come to me several years ago with a son who I knew very well who had just gone off to college and he comes over for Thanksgiving and starts asking questions about um, apologetics and the integrity of the faith and it was a rotten Thanksgiving and all they did was fight and argue the whole time and the parents come to me and they're like you know he always really respected you we can't talk to him do you mind talking to our kid you know see if we can get him back on the right path I said sure I've got no problem with it you know so I go talking to the kid, and you know, there's a proverb that says one man's story seems true until you hear the other side. So I didn't just jump his poop right away. You know, I, I hey man, what's going on at home? I heard you guys say I had a bit of a rough Thanksgiving. I just put it on him, let him tell his side of the story. His side of the story was I grew up in this Christian cocoon. I go to college, I, I'm getting antagonistic questions that are challenging my faith. You know, I had some, I've had some really at times uncomfortable, but also invigorating conversations on campus and arguments and debates i just brought this stuff up things i didn't know i figured mom and dad might know the answers to some of these questions and all they did was get all defensive on me okay now i'm not saying his version of events is exactly true either i'm just saying though sometimes what the parents view as rebellion is questioning 
And sometimes we as parents view it as rebellion because we get defensive because as Aaron pointed out, we don't know the answers either. We can't defend our own faith either. And those kids become adults, and it's not just because they don't, and they don't want to coast off of mom and dad's fumes of their belief system anymore. They, they want to be their own person, have their own identity. And so it is very important for us to be able to answer challenges to our own faith for, so that when our kids face their own challenges, they come home to us. If we fall apart, guess what they're more than likely to do? The exact same thing. So... Fascinating conversation, definitely timely with what with what a lot of families are wrestling with right now. You know, you're, you get those dog days of summer and you almost look forward to school starting again just to get back in your normal routine, right? But then you also recognize, okay, any moment they come home from school, you know, what'd you learn that what'd you learn today question if we're even still having dinner at the dinner table, which is a whole other topic of conversation. And maybe one of the reasons why we're losing our kids is we're not even doing that simple step. But you know, you're kind of gripping the edge of the table for like, I, I've had a long day at work. I really don't want to have to fight with your teacher today, you know? So we've got to get ready for school season as parents, everybody, every bit as much as the kids do. I want to thank Mark from the Worldview Guys for joining us. Worldviewguys.com, worldviewcourse.com. That's their website. They do great stuff. We've we've done some of their stuff at our church as well, so I'd highly recommend it. Thanks for listening to our first free podcast in many a moon. We'll be back here again tomorrow. And you know what? You missed some good stuff on the TV show today as well. Subscribe to that over at CRTV.com, promo code DACE. See you then. John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.